welcome to Overburdened, the po- podcast for postal workers. I'm Brandy Hughes. And I'm Kevin Hitchings. And today we're going to talk about the disciplinary process, which is Article 10 in both the Urban and RSMC collective agreements. Yeah, I think we're going to try and focus mostly on what your rights are in that process, but we're going to talk about the, well, the whole thing in general. Yeah, like the steps that are taken and what you can expect and, and most importantly, what your rights are, yes. So the whole process uh, hopefully doesn't start with you doing something atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's just a supervisor being uh, a jerk. Uh, sometimes it's something they just want to investigate a little further. It's always something uh, they have to give you, well, not necessarily always have to give you, but uh, usually a 2-4 notice right away, 24-hour notice of interview. Right. Unless it's an emergency or, uh, emergency suspension. But uh, we'll talk a little bit they, about They do that a lot lately. Way too much and without cause. I think that's something we're really going to start stomping down on and, as we can lately. And other people that I've talked to in other locals say that it's like nationwide. Some some places are worse than this for having just just immediate, you know, note you're suspended, get off the work floor. Yeah, and that really is an uh, abuse of the process when they kick you off right away. They're, they're only supposed to ever use that if there's an immediate threat. Um, right. of violence or damage or something and they like to use it for just about anything even like misdelivering flyers or something they try and do emergency suspension uh, the problem with that is members are out of pay for so long that uh, they often settle and that's what the corporation is counting on and they don't want to give them that you know if you uh, are emergency suspended for 10 days and then they do the interview and you know, it goes through the process and do you want to have five days back now or do you want 10 days back in two years and this goes to arbitration? Most people right. take that five and that's what the corporation is counting on, but it really is a, a BS way to do things. Well, yeah, because especially if you're waiting that 10 days because they just got the non-existent paycheck yeah. and they're not looking forward to another one, right? Yeah, and <laughs> some of us can survive that or are willing to wait it out, but most of us... Not many anymore, I don't think. Yeah, I don't have several paychecks sitting around. But normally, when it's not an emergency suspension, what they'll first do is come give you a 24-hour notice of interview. Um, Please, 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 please bring that to your shop steward the instant you get it. Yeah, and if you don't have one um, nearby or on your shift, then, you know, phone your local, phone your president. Um, and, and make sure they know when your interview is because they someone needs to be there with you. You One of your rights is to have union representation, and so you need to let the union know that they have to be there. Yeah, it's shocking how many times someone has come to me and said, so uh, you, you want to come with me to an interview? And I said, sure, it's tomorrow morning. And they're like, no, it's in 10 minutes. Yeah. That is not sufficient. Well, and the reason yeah. that it's not sufficient is that sometimes we want to do some research. We want to know what you're being called in for, and we want to we want to be able to find our own evidence, if possible, to fight for you. Or even and, look for past precedents sometimes. Yeah. Um, and if you don't give us that chance, it, it makes our jobs a lot harder yeah. and uh, kind of reduces us to just being there to make sure they don't overstep, don't step on your rights and... Uh, to witness what was said, really. And I've seen, uh, especially with new employees, the supervisor will tell them, it's like, bring one if you want. You should have one, but you really don't need one. (laughs) So they just don't think it's a big deal. So grabbing one last minute is whatever, you know, they'll worry about it. They'll see who's here in the morning kind of thing. But no, they're telling you that they're they're trying to mislead you. Any interview, if they give you a piece of paper, it's a big deal. 
Have you have you heard that thing that says uh, your union is like condoms? If someone tells you you don't need one, you definitely, definitely need yeah. one. <laughs> and I always tell people that when I'm doing the new employee talk to. If you're ever wondering if you need a shop steward, the answer is yes. If they tell you you don't need one, it's definitely yes. Yeah. Get a shop steward. Um, it'll, it'll save you a lot of trouble. So there are a few things you have the right to in in those interviews. Um, you have the right to union representation. You have the right to review your personal file. And I've heard supervisors, uh, not recently because we've um, gone after them pretty hard on this, say, well, you're supposed to request your personal file 24 hours in advance, so you should have requested when we gave you the 2-4. No, it's in here. The personal file has to be there. You yep. can request it at any time you want, but it's not on you to make sure that personal file is there. That's on them. It's your right. And uh, I have refused interviews based on this. Mm -hmm. Say, you know. And you should. Yeah, we will do this interview tomorrow if you want to reissue a 2-4. Um, what they'll often do at that time is look at the uh, employee and say, is it okay with you? Because if they want to do it, you can't really stop them. But uh, I tell them if I know the situation, they're going to try and do this. Definitely say no. Tell them that I told you you can't. Put it on me. Even say, you know, I want to, but this guy won't let me. I'm okay with that. Throw it on yeah, me. Yeah. For sure. Blame the union. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and the reason that's important, though, is because uh, the system of discipline they use is kind of progressive. So, like, the first time for a certain offense... Um, you're going to get most likely a one-day suspension, depending on the offense. It might be more. Um, but if you have the same incident happen again within the one-year period, um, they can increase that discipline. So eventually you're looking at a five-day suspension or a two-week suspension or whatever, you know, and you don't, you don't want that. So when you review your file, you have the opportunity to remove any documents that are older than a year. In theory, they shouldn't be using those anyway, even if they are there. Um if they're over a year old, they're not supposed to be able to take those into account. Right. But we want it off your file anyway. The other thing is, is there's strict time limits. They have to uh, wrap up this process within 10 days of the incident um, or within them reasonably knowing of the incident. Um, and if you can push it back a day, sometimes that's a huge thing. I've had a few thrown out because they cannot meet their timelines. Right. They have 10 days to notify you after. After, after the incident, they have 10 days to notify you, give you the 24 hours to notice. 10 calendar days in the urban agreement. I believe it's a little different in the RSMC. Yeah, Ten. but it's, oh, so it yeah, up. but it's working days, not calendar days for the RSMC. <laughs> right, which is, you know, depending on the time, can make a pretty big difference. You know, especially on a long weekend or something like that. They can, we can blow away a, quite a few days pretty quick, but with the RSMCs, not really. And a working day is defined as a day where you could be scheduled, not necessarily you are scheduled. So if you're uh, an ochre and on-call relief employee and they only call you uh, Monday and Friday, well, you were available or could have been called Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those all count as working days. It's, it's a day you could have worked, not a day you did work. So if you were, could have been scheduled on the weekend, if you're one of those positions, yeah, yeah. then all seven days would count. It would be regular working days, though. So if it's extended weekend hours, I don't believe that counts. Well, yeah, but those temporary peak employees that can be scheduled any time. Yeah, we'll have to see how that works out. Yeah, that hasn't really come into play for us too much here yet. I don't know about other locals, but... Uh... Yeah, I imagine it will uh, next Christmas. I think they were waiting for the exact wording. We didn't see any in Saskatoon, but yeah. I'm not sure about other places. But I think that's why they're waiting on the exact wording of the collective agreement, which we finally have. 
Yay! Um, hopefully everyone has that today. by now. Uh, I, last I checked, the, even the uh, online version of the RSMC agreement wasn't available, though. I know, and they told us when the when the Urban one came out, they told us the RSMC would be out in a, two or three days, and it's still not out. It's yeah. been weeks. I haven't checked in a couple of days, but last time I looked, it wasn't there. But anyway, um, don't expect too much in Article 10 of either agreement to change. Uh, a few little things, but uh, the part about having union representation in your personal file, that's all pretty standard. I can't see anything changing there. Um, and after you review your personal file, they'll make you um, sign to say that you have, sign and date to say that you've reviewed it. Yeah, and then once you've signed off on that, they will send the file back to wherever they're storing. I'm not sure if the ones for this region are stored in Winnipeg. I'm not sure if they're nationally stored in Winnipeg, but uh, that's where the files go, and that's when they actually remove it. So you have to tell them what to remove. They won't remove it in the actual interview. But uh, then take a picture of that page or some kind of record or write on it the, the date. I know they don't like you doing that, but do it anyway. Well, if they're removing it, it shouldn't matter, right? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I've seen files come back, uh, you know, a year later, and they say, well, you never asked us to remove it. Yeah, we did. And it's still there. And you can see where the page was dog-eared, but, yeah. you know, you can't prove that that's you told them. That's what I don't like them. about the dog-ear process. Yeah, and they don't like you writing them. insufficient. I was actually thinking earlier today, in fact, that I should make a stamp that just says uh, requested removal and just hand it over to the shop I stewards. I like it. Yeah. You know, they, don't, they don't like it. Tough. <laughs> They'll just steal your stamp. <laughs> yeah, they can try. And then you'll stamp them right in the forehead. Requested removal. Yeah. <laughs> so it's important to actually read that 24-hour notice yourself as well. Yes. If they have errors on it, um, that's one of the first things your shopster is going to do is look for errors. Yep. And even a, a little minor error, error, we usually won't tell them right away at the time of the interview. We'll say this is wrong. Can you issue us a new one and we'll do the interview the next day and that moves it down the timeline or something. But uh, sometimes there's details we may not know if they got the, the house number wrong or something. If they say an incident at you know, 515 First Avenue and it was 517, um, there's two ways we can handle that. You can actually go in and say, what incident at 515? Nothing happened there that day. Well, what about this customer? It's like that. there was no customer at that address. You know, yeah. and you can do the interview like that anyway. Yeah, but uh, usually we'll go in and say you got this address wrong, reissue it or something, because they're going to reissue it at the end anyway, likely. Right. So, well, there's no point antagonizing them, I guess. Although it can be fun, but not yeah. always the best idea. There are some important things that have to be on that notice, though. It has to have the date and the time of the interview and the reason why you're being interviewed, so they can't just surprise you the next day as to why you're being disciplined. Yeah. And they do get the date wrong several times. The other thing to look for, um, and they all know this, we're not giving them any clues, is that time I've seen them type up a notice at noon and then hand it to the person when they get back at 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock or whatever, but it says noon on there. Well, that's not 24 hours notice. Yeah, you have to, I have to have it for 24 hours. Yeah, if they say, you know, if they wrote it at noon, say the interview's at noon tomorrow, but give it to you at 4 o'clock, that's 20 hours notice. Right. Yeah. So that's another reason to refuse to do it. They have to yeah. give you more and, time. And I've had the, the date wrong before, and uh, they'll say, okay, you ready to go through the interview? And I'll say, what interview? And then, well, we have one scheduled. It's like, no, you have one scheduled for last month or last year if you got the year wrong. Um, <laughs> I was going to write you an email explaining why we weren't there, but it seemed silly a year later. Yeah. And uh, yeah, give me a new 2-4 next day. Yeah. 
Uh, and it happens. You know, yeah. people make mistakes. It's, it's also worth noting that it's your right to choose your representative. They don't get to declare which shop steward is going to go in with you. Yeah, I've seen them try that before. They'll try and schedule it sometimes to specifically make it only possible for a certain person to be there. Right. Um, which really isn't that... Well, it's important. It's more of a principle thing. I, like, shop stewards are competent people or they wouldn't be shop stewards. Right. I just feel like some people have more of a rapport with some than others, right? Like, there are some people who would rather take you into an interview than me and vice versa, right? Yeah. Just because they're more experienced with us or maybe we know a bit more of their history or they've, you know, disclosed information to us before and they don't want to disclose it to someone else. Right. The privacy thing is huge, too. Yeah. And, uh, and it's you should know that everything said in there should be kept confidential. Of course. And I will... Um, sometimes refer somebody to another shop steward if they're just better at a particular issue or better with working. If I know the supervisor that's going to be conducting the interview is super pissed with me that week, probably not going to help to have me there, you know? <laughs> Even if I think I'm the best one to handle it normally, you know, maybe <laughs> you want to go get brand this week. Well, yeah, but some people, some supervisors and some everybody um, are more or less organized when they're angry, right? That's true. So, it depends who it is. There's yeah. one I like to go in and rattle and he's totally off his rocker as soon as he sees me that's just fun yeah but (laughs) (laughs) but again not always the best strategy if you're in there for something that you know is super minor uh, i may not want to agitate them you know right but anyway there's different strategies your shop steward knows uh but you know even if your shop steward says you know i really think you should go to this person or that person then you don't have to listen to them take whoever you're comfortable with right you know um, and please listen to them. Uh, a lot of people, I find, want to over-explain things. Um, mm. if, if we want you to stop talking, there's a reason. Well, and <laughs> so. it's it's a generally a good rule to say as little as possible. You know, you don't want to incriminate yourself. Right. So um, if there if you're asked a direct question, by all means, answer it. And if you have an explanation as to why there was no wrongdoing, feel free. Yeah. But but don't give more details than you have. Well, I don't want to silence anybody either if you feel you need to get something off your chest. I think it's best to get everything off your chest to the shop steward rather than the supervisor yes. ahead of time. And, uh, you know, sometimes we'll say, you know, you might want to be careful about the way you phrase that. So yeah. If you really want to say it, go ahead. But be very careful about this word or that word because it'll latch onto things sometimes and just be jerks about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we did an interview today where this, or I did an interview today where the supervisor was just, belligerent tried to twist everything the guy said and even went after his yeah I don't know if anything there's gonna be grievances on that but it was <laughs> totally out of line Yay, as, as expected from this guy <laughs> but uh yeah I think uh something really important to stress is to be honest with your union representative um if you're keeping something secret about the incident and it comes out in the interview how is your how is your shop steward gonna defend you if they don't know the truth yeah. And if your story keeps changing in the interview, that's really bad. That's something else that's happened way more frequently than it should. Right. And then it, and then it calls into question everything you've said. So it kind of gives them free reign to discipline you how they want, right? Yeah. And your shop steward needs to know. They're going to defend you no matter what, whether it's good or bad. Sometimes, though, sometimes the best defense is apologize. I'm terribly sorry. It will never happen again, yeah, sir. Yeah, I screwed up. This is why I screwed <laughs> up. You know, I had something on my mind and I, whatever, it doesn't matter. 
but getting caught in the lie is the worst thing. And sometimes uh, we'll say that too because we've had several interviews that are, are similar before. And you may think they have no way to prove it, but we've seen them prove it 10 times in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't do these interviews without photographs or evidence or whatever sometimes. Oh, and everybody has a doorbell camera now, so. Yeah. Be careful. So, yeah, it's it's very rare if ever you should lie. Uh, like Brand said before, you don't want to tell them too much. You may not want to tell them everything, but you don't want to tell them falsehoods either. Right. In almost every case. Um, it's also a good idea to take notes or to have your shop steward take notes. Um, I know when I take notes, I will ask the member if they would like a copy, and then I will just make them a copy so they have one for their records, and I'll keep one mm-hmm. just in case we end up having to file a grievance on it. Um, and, of course, you have to keep that confidential, so keep it safe. Yeah. Um, I think we were originally going to talk about the process more. Now we're more talking just about tips of the interview, but I think it's going okay. Some people just keep idea. going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another super important thing to remember um, they will sometimes try and bait you and get you upset with things so that you'll babble or say more than you should. Mm-hmm. Don't fall into that. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with saying, hey, I need a minute outside for a second. Oh, yeah, I've done it lots. Yeah, we'll stop the interview, go have a chat. Or if you suddenly occurs to you that you forgot to tell your shop steward something, um, even if it doesn't seem rel- or super important at that moment, just say, hey, there's something i got to talk about real quick here. Can we have a minute? They're not going to refuse you. I've never seen them refuse you. I've never seen them either. Um, I've done that just to throw off a supervisor's momentum too mm-hmm. when they're, when they're on a roll. turning south. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, the thing is they, they want you to feel uncomfortable in this interview. And there's limits to that. It's not supposed to be a fun experience. So you're going to put up with a little bit of discomfort. But you, if you need a break, take a break. That's when it comes down to I think the process is designed to be intimidating. Well, yeah, it's very confrontational. And uh, a lot of times they will go in there and say, hey, it's no big deal. It's just a friendly talk, um, like the interviewer did today. And then go in there and pick on every word and try and answer you the same question six times and look for any differences. It's like, oh, you didn't throw in this one detail before. It's like it's the same thing using a different word to describe it. Like, And it's fair to say I've already answered that question. Yeah, and which I do a lot. And they tend to try and hammer it through again. Or... Um, the other thing I get a lot is um, when I say things like that, they'll say, well, I'm asking him, not you. It's like, well, I'm his representative, yeah. and we, you're asking us, and I am answering, you know. So, And it's hard to sit through an interview. I've seen several people break and cut me off and say, no, actually, I want to answer that. And I've seen people burn themselves doing that, too. It's, it's difficult to sit there, you know. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, you know, sometimes it's good to talk. I want people to get their, their story out. But sometimes it's just not the best strategy. Um, I like to I like to end them uh, by asking what they intend to do with the, as discipline. Yeah, that's not as so much fun as it used to be. Not, no, I just feel like it, to me, it makes them kind of, sometimes they will inadvertently kind of say oh well we think we're going to do this once in a while yeah and so you kind of 
if they do something way more than that, it's like, well, in the interview, you said this. So, and I realize that they aren't the decision makers, usually the ones doing yeah. the interview, but it's still kind of it's sets a precedent that this is what they said you were going to give well, a one-day suspension. So if it suddenly becomes a 10-day, it's like, well, what happened there? Yeah, this is what was agreed on in the interview. Yeah. Um, it's been, I still ask that every time, but I can't remember the last time they didn't say, we'll see, move it up the chain. Even when they've told me ahead of time, this is definitely going to be uh, or, or written and nothing else. And that's what ends up being at the end. And even outside the interview, I said, seriously, you got to run that up the chain? And they're like, no, it'll be, it'll be uh, uh, written. But uh, in the interview on the record, it's been a long time since I've had anyone say otherwise than move it up the chain. Yeah. But it doesn't hurt to keep asking. Well, and even if they don't commit to anything, I feel like um, sometimes that response can put the person who's being interviewed at, at ease a little bit. If right. they think, okay, well, I'm just getting a one-day suspension. I'm not losing my job. You can go home and know you can pay your bills next month, and you're not worried about it. Because that can really weigh on a person's mind going, oh, I have to wait a week to find out what they're going to do with me. Mm-hmm. You know? So, it's not. And they don't do it often intentionally I don't think but sometimes I have seen them do that where they're just trying to ruin your weekend and get under your skin with the 2-4 mm-hmm. so and it's, it's hard not to let that get to you but it also gives you more time to prepare gives your shop steward more time to prepare so it's not always a bad thing um, earlier you spoke to uh, apologizing and saying how it will never happen again mm-hmm. and uh, I have found that uh, sometimes it's hard to to do that in the moment without saying too much. And if you feel like that's that's how you are as well, I have taken to, in those cases where I'm emotional about something, I will write it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And I will just read my prepared statement in the interview. And I've even had the supervisor say, oh, can I get a copy of your prepared statement? And I'm like, yeah, I, I wrote it and I read it over five times before I read it here. So I know that everything in it is yeah. good. Yeah, um, and you can be very careful through your wording like that too, if you have to be. Right. You don't have to give them a copy. I mean, it's up to them to take their own notes. But um, it's but it would seem kind of insincere if you didn't, you know. Right, right. But on the other hand, and they would have to tell you if they're putting it on your file. Yeah. And it can be fun. Like, sometimes it's fun to write a tongue-in-cheek apology. Yeah. Because <laughs> the problem there is they when they put things on your file, it's only things of a, a I forget what they say, unfavorable report is what they have to remove. So if you put apology in there. So... Um, it wouldn't hurt to have on the record say, yeah, you can have this, but it's not for my file. Right. But. Well, and it's, you know, it shows that you're remorseful. You didn't do it on purpose. Right. You know, if you gave justification, I would actually have your shop steward say. No, have your shop steward refuse. When you say, sure, and the shop steward says, actually, no. And then say, oh, I guess I'm not allowed to. Oh, there you go. Then then you're covered, I guess. Because an apology, they would put that as a report of a history, I guess, as they could. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah, a written apology, definitely not a bad idea. I just, I think that if you're nervous about what you're going to say in the moment, then yeah, go for that. Because you can just go back to the piece of paper, mm-hmm. you know. For sure. And uh, make sure you get the apology in several times, too, so they cannot miss it. Yeah, you can always reiterate at the end. And again, I am terribly sorry for my actions. Mm -hmm. It's worth noting that uh, if there's any doubt as to whether uh, you've actually done anything untoward, uh, the burden of proof is on the corporation. Completely, yeah. 
Um, so if they don't have any evidence that you did something wrong, um, it's kind of hard to discipline you. Yeah, there's a lot of sometimes, well, a customer phoned in and said, it's like, well, do you have a record of this? Do they have a picture? Do they have, where's this customer's name? Well, it was just a customer. That's nothing. Yeah. You know, you don't have any proof. Um, and some customers phone in complaints about weird things, yeah. you know? Something I, I should have said earlier too, that when we were talking about make sure your shop steward knows everything, um, the corporation cannot ever ask for the union's records. If you tell us something, there is no way the corporation gets hold of that. No. So that it's obviously it's it's private. We're not going to pass it on, but you know they can't ask for our notes later in arbitration or anything like that. Those are completely confidential, and uh, they're not getting that. So yeah, be honest. Tell us everything. So I guess it should be noted too, um, if you are given one of those two four notices, they can't force you to be there. I can't think of a situation where it would be a good idea not to show up, but if you don't uh, show up for the interview uh, without a reasonable explanation, if you've been if you were hit by a bus on the way there, you have a good explanation, but uh, <laughs> without uh, a good reason for your inability to do so, they can proceed however they want with discipline. Unilaterally. Yeah, unilaterally. So. <laughs> If you don't show up to that interview, even if it's the most minor thing in the world, if they decide they want to fire you, they can try, you know. Um, that would have to go through the whole arbitration thing if it was something super minor. But uh, it would be a tough fight still, I think. I don't know. I've never seen it happen, really. But yeah, the, the only um, ways to not to not have that come into play is if you weren't given the 24-hour notice, if you don't have union representation, and if your file isn't there. Keep in mind, too, I've seen people try and use this um, where they, they weren't at work for whatever reason, if they were on a, a suspension river waiting for the notice, and the corporation mails them the notice, and they say, well, I'm just going to tell them I never got it. Well, there's a couple problems with that. Um, first of all, they send one, at least here, they send one regular mail and one registered mail. Right. So they can see that there was an attempt or they can see that it was delivered. Even if you claim your box is broken into or something and you never got it. or Because right now we're delivering signatures, some signature things without signatures. Right. Um, if you remember Not back to our thrilling podcast on the Canada Post Act, as soon as the uh, letter is put into the mailbox, you have technically received it. So as long as they can prove that they mailed it, they can prove that you have it, that's, uh, that you have it. Do you think that was our most boring episode? <laughs> well, possibly. But uh, they have to give you reasonable time, though, too. They, they know that they put in the mailbox, you're likely not going to get it the next day, but they can see the scans and stuff. Right. So generally, they'll give you a two days notice on those. Yeah. But, uh, or sometimes not, but the point is, don't pretend you didn't receive it. Um, if you legitimately didn't for some reason, um, we can try and work with it. We'll let you know as soon as we can um, or let them know as soon as you can. We'll try and reschedule it. Um, it's only happened once that I know of where they rescheduled because of that. But it's not a wise strategy unless it's legit and you have no other choice. I've seen them reschedule just because they didn't plan to be there. You know, like they... they gave you the notice and then they didn't figure out who was doing the interview and then the time of the interview comes and they go oh well we're all busy yeah let's do it tomorrow and you're like what 
<laughs> like, we're all here. <laughs> yeah. And I've had them say, can we do it in an hour? And I'm like, no, I really want to get on my route. We'll wait. And then, you know, an hour later, um, it's like, well, we, I was waiting. You never showed up, you know. So new 2-4 for tomorrow, if you don't mind. Most. It's also worth noting that the uh, interview time is paid for you and your steward. That's right. They can't have you come in before or after they're shipped. Right. Um, and, and if they're not going to pay you overtime, they have to cover some of your day, right? Right. Within reason, again, of course, like you can't say I want a shop steward from the next town over who's needs three portions off just to get here and back. So, <laughs> Hold day off for me. Anyone who wants to call me, I would love a free trip to anywhere. <laughs> anywhere? Winnipeg? In Canada. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sure I'd okay. go to Winnipeg. I didn't, I didn't get to see. There's a human rights museum there that I was oh, yeah. all stoked about seeing, but I didn't have time last time I was through there because my flight was leaving right away. And I'm kidding. Winnipeg's a great place. <laughs> don't stop don't stop listening some Dave great people there who I would love to see again one of the things the corporation will try and do sometimes is bring in two supervisors or three supervisors and the collective agreement says that you're entitled to union representation it doesn't say how many but uh, we generally say if you have it doesn't have to be totally equal but if they have three we'll bring in two uh, and the corporation will pay for a second person but sometimes we'll have a voluntarily a voluntary person come in because again, they can't choose your representation or what form their representation is really. So sometimes I'll bring in a second person just to take notes and if they happen to have something to say, then they can say something. Uh, yeah, that's super, super useful. But they can't stop you from bringing in 10 people if you know if you have 10 job streets that are <laughs> you willing. You wanna air your laundry in front of 10 people. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just only responsible for one, but. Right. Um, I think it's definitely worth bringing the second one in just for notes, like you said, because it's hard, like, if you're defending yourself and your steward's defending you as well, who's writing the notes? It's really hard to speak and write notes at the same time. One of the other things that's important, too, uh, is grieve that the fact that you were interviewed. Yes. When they put a letter in your file, grieve the fact that they put the letter in your file. If there is disciplinary action in that letter, grieve the disciplinary action as well as the letter. And do them all separately because you might win one and not another, right? So if you file three grievances. Well, and one of the things too is if it ever goes to termination, if they want to end your employment, they have to resolve all grievances in your name first. Right. You know, so it's much better for you to have 50 grievances on file than none or one. I'm sure your grievance, your local grievance officer will, will love the extra work. <laughs> We never have enough to do. So yeah, the more grievances you have in, the better. Um, legitimate grievances. Don't start yes. making stuff up. But yeah. you should be able to grieve the interview uh, if you think it was unjust or their behavior in it. So, like I'm going to file one today probably. And, uh, I think you should. For sure. And you know when that letter comes, I'll be filing one for that as well. Right. And uh, there should be no discipline on this one, but I'm sure they'll try and force them anyway, and I will grieve that as well. Sometimes when you're in the interview, you won't have the final document that's going to go on your file, the letter. Um, well, you won't have it in the interview. You should get it right. shortly after. You should after. get it shortly thereafter. Um, but uh, make your shop steward aware of that. And if you're going to file the grievance, like uh, Kevin's recommending, then make sure you present that to your grievance officer along with your grievance form. Because they'll need that. And they have to present that to you within that 10 days that they're going to put on your file. I've yep. seen them say, oh, I haven't finished typing it up, so I'll give it to you tomorrow, and I'll give it to you tomorrow, and then they give it to you, and I will tell people, it's like, okay, well, make sure 
you know, they can always give you a piece of paper for your own information, but if they don't get it to you within that 10 days, they cannot put that on your file. That's also worth noting. They're only allowed to keep one personal file. They can't have multiple little variations of your file. (laughs) Yeah. Which doesn't mean individual supervisors can't have their own records. But Uh, the official file. Yeah. There's one. So I guess if that file ever goes missing in transit, they have to go through every supervisor and every depot you've ever worked for and have them rebuild your file from scratch. I recently uh, reviewed a member's file with them, and they had there was injury information from like 15 years ago in their yeah. file. I was like, why are you guys keeping this? I asked them to remove a file today from 2013. You know, it's not oh, that uncommon. Insane. When you have a thick file too, people just don't flip back far enough to realize something's been forgotten and old yeah. in there. Well, I have one old thing on mine that I keep there because it amuses me. Because it was ridiculous and it was funny. Yes. And it's not going to happen again anyway. So. No, I don't intend to drive another postal van into a street light. Oh, that one. I thought it was when you <laughs> allegedly threatened the supervisor with a pen. Oh, I wanted to leave that one on, but I had to remove it. Yeah. I really wish I'd kept it. Like, I wish they'd let me keep it. Because I love that incident. Well, you can always ask for a copy of things, too. That's your file. Yeah, you should, should be able to ask for copies of it. I should have asked for a copy uh, before I had them remove it. Which we did today. Oh, another thing we did today was ask for a copy of a, of a letter that was in the file. So it's not really the podcast we planned today. We're going to talk more about the procedure of discipline and stuff, whereas we end up talking more about just interviews. But hopefully it was of use. No? Well, I think... From our perspectives, that is the procedure, you know? I mean, what the supervisors are doing behind the scenes, do we care so much? Yeah, I think everyone kind of understands progressive discipline. You have to, they should be giving you a verbal and then a, uh, you know, a okay. short suspension, then a longer suspension. Depending on the severity, they can jump things in some cases. If you're violent or punch somebody or something, they can jump straight oh, to, sure. to a higher level or something like that. <laughs> But, uh, I'm not going to try to come up with examples of how you could be immediately dismissed. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. But the key thing, if you take n- nothing else away from this, um, please, when you get your 2-4 notice, tell the shop steward immediately and then tell them everything truthfully. You yes. know, um, if it's something the supervisors should not know, we're not going to go tell them. <laughs> like, but, right. but we have to know because you never know what kind of evidence they have. And uh, sometimes, like, uh, we know what kind of evidence they do usually have. So please be honest with us and please let us know as soon as you get that notice. It's very important. So I think that's it for us this week. So until next time, stay out of trouble. And um, But if you can't, please let us know. <laughs> Don't forget to bring your shots. Mm. Not even put that in there. <laughs> well, no, I just, I've worked with other people who said, oh, well, whatever, I just use Jeff for fun. Goodbye.